Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, L.A. Noir on Switch promises to take players back to the tumultuous historical period of 2011. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going pretty good. We're going to talk about... We've got a good show, first of all. Yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. We're going to talk about the news from the week, including um, some stuff that Reggie is saying about uh, Switch avail- availability, uh, LA Noir coming to Switch, and all kinds of other stuff. But first, Mark, how you doing? Good. Yeah. Good. I feel better. I mm-hmm. probably sound better. You do sound Although better. Although I got some positive feedback about my sick person voice. Uh-huh. What kind of what kind of positive feedback did you get? Uh that they liked it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Just that do people expand on why they like it? No, but I, you know, I have my own theories. Hmm. You think people like seeing you're taking down a peg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? I feel uh, like I don't ask that enough. No, it's it's quite all right. I, I I ask you how you're doing, and I am generally genuinely interested when you answer, but I don't think I am asking to get an answer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like sometimes it's nice to be asked anyways. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm doing well. Great. Let's move on to the weather. Weather report. It had cooled off for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now it's sort of hot again. Yeah, but not like as hot. Like no. I'm fine with it. No. Yeah, there was a bit where like the sky was on fire. That's not the case anymore. No. Um, our guest weather today is uh, Bern, Switzerland. Uh, it is 51 degrees and raining right now. Um, and even for being like too hot here, 51 and raining, I'm not, that doesn't. Yeah, it's not I'm like not I'm like, it. that's what I want. You know how sometimes that's what we say. This time? This time, no. No, but still big ups to our listener and listeners in Bern. <laughs> no, you're probably right. Our listener in Bern, Switzerland. <laughs> I'm an optimist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark, what have you been playing this week? So I had an opportunity to play a little bit more of Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Mm-hmm. For me, this is totally one of those games where I run into something, you know, like... Let me start all over by forming complete sentences. All right. Okay. You know how when you... You asked for this opportunity last time, too. <laughs> Did I really? Yeah. Oh, no. Is this becoming another segment? Uh, a let me, const- let me start with complete sentences? I think it's a new segment. So, you know when you're playing a game and you come up against, like, a boss battle that is just frustrating and you can't beat? Yes. And so... And then you put the controller down, you go do something else, maybe you wait until the next day you come back and you beat him on the first try without any trouble. Yeah, this is all puzzle games for me. That has been Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Let me start. Uh, No, you cannot start again. You are committed. You are three quarters of the way through this sentence. That has been my entire experience. With Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Uh, in, like, on every encounter or, like, just on, like, like mid-bosses? Or... N- not even necessarily, like, uh, on one specific element. Like, it might be a mid-boss, might be a boss. It might be just a random, like, battle that you have to do. Yeah. Where I will beat my head against the wall, trying to do it, like, three times. Just not be able to do it. Leave it for a little bit. Come back and complete it with no problem. Sure. Do you, uh, here, here's my pattern when, when I start. Uh, I always, uh, my first attempt at a fight, I charge in, right? I'm like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to see how they react. I'm going to see where the new rabbits pop up um, and will probably be beaten or like lose one of my characters really early on. And as soon as that happens, I go, okay, restart. And then like the second time, you know, a- after like doing a test like three turns or something, the second time goes much better. And I either um, like do it then and don't lose any characters or I lose one character and I don't get like the perfect rating. But like, I'm going to go back and fix those like th- after I'm done with the whole world anyway. And then I'll be like more leveled up and it's easier to do it then. 
Are you doing any of that, like going back to the the world the worlds after you beat them? No, I haven't been. Um, it's weirdly satisfying. Really, to just like steamroll them. My uh, my rabid Luigi right now can uh, slide tackle two enemies at like 110 damage each. I just it feels so powerful. <laughs> He's like a one man wrecking crew. <laughs> For me, it's more like what I end up doing is try the same tactics like three times so i'm like okay i'm just gonna like keep you know like no no no. i must have just messed up that time i'm just gonna rush all my characters in again oh that didn't work let me do it a third time then i put it down wait a few hours maybe come back the next day do completely different tactics and that's and that's what works it's like oh maybe i should be defensive on this and of course that's what i should have done the second time it's like uh Homer trying to eat the chips, but the uh, Dalmatian, not Dalmatian, the Greyhound puppies, <laughs> snatching them out of his hands. Yes, exactly. Like, this time. <laughs> Don't. Um, I've also uh, played a little bit of the Monster Hunter Stories demo um, because there is a demo and I've always been interested in Monster Hunter, but I've never actually played one. Um, and it is slow off the blocks. I've put maybe a half an hour into it and have not fought anything yet but the art style in that game is super cool um it looks it's very like bright and colorful um and looks great so i don't i'm gonna keep plugging away on the demo yeah i don't know i feel like it's just one of those things where um because when i saw that you had played the demo i was excited to hear what you thought about it because all the reviews and kind of uh previews around monster hunter stories have been very positive Mm -hmm. it's like here's a game to beat the summer doldrums like that kind of stuff and so but i feel like i hear that about every monster hunter game where it's like this is the monster hunter game to get this is a great monster hunter game and then my experience with all of them is not or the demos for them are not very positive so maybe i just don't get monster hunter well i i haven't gotten to anything subs it's Probably it's it's faulty for me to have put this on the list of things that I played because I don't feel like I've gotten to the like media experience of it yet. I've mostly just been like my little kid character and like you know made the character and the customization options were nice um, and uh, have just been like interacting with the other characters but haven't actually fought with any monsters yet. Um, but it's my understanding that it's a lot more like Pokemon than it is like Monster Hunter. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I already got Pokemon. There's going to be more Pokemon coming out shortly. Do, do I need this? Do I need Monster Hunter stories? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, you did also get a new 3DS. This is correct. So I uh, traded down sideways from a new 3DS XL to just a straight up new 3DS um with the uh bl- black mario um faceplates which uh so it's it's much smaller and it also isn't as beat up as my uh 3DS XL. Yeah, so you're feeling upgrade. I'm I'm I am feeling upgrade, yeah. Um yeah, but I mean I I recognize that it's uh that that's I I have to sell it as an upgrade and not as <laughs> And like, oh, you just got a got another one, got I a different one. No, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think there's that weird, like, oh, the XLs are the better machine because they are larger and have bigger screens. Yeah, but I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, yeah, and that, I mean, that's sort of my thinking on it. That like, the system doesn't have like it's it often kicks out very nice looking games, but um, they all look better on a smaller screen than on than on a larger one. So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to play anything on it. Uh and, you know, in a couple days we will have quite an anything to play on it. On that topic, Mark, let's get into the new releases for the week. All right. So, there's a lot of Switch releases this week, which a lot and a lot of eShop releases, which seems to be a continuing theme with the eShop. Um, so, but first on today, September 12th, is Rayman Legends Definitive Edition comes out for the Switch. Hey! And... I forget, that's that's already now? That's now? Yeah. That's happening right now? <laughs> and then on Thursday, September 14th, okay, so on the eShop, we have 
Pan Pan, A Tiny Big Adventure. That's one game. Semispheres. That's, uh, a, that's a second game. Yes. Kingdom, New Lands, uh, Quest of Dungeons, the Neo Geo game is Spin Master, and there's also a game called Beach Buggy Racing. I'm not interested in any of those. Well, I don't. I don't know what like Kingdom New Lands is, um. But in general, it seems like we've hit very quickly the point where like the eShop is just flooded with not crap per se, but stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it it's feels like each week as more games flood the eShop it feels more and more necessary that there become a better like solution to the eShop yeah but yeah we need need to find a way to find the games that are gonna be worth our time but i also think it's a positive sign for the switch to have all of these games absolutely coming even if they're not all of like the highest quality or games that we want to play like all those terrible, terrible DS games. Remember when you'd like just go into the grocery store and at the checkout lines, there would be like DS games? Oh, yeah, like uh, Italian Translator. <laughs> yeah. For, D- for or, Nintendo DS. Or like uh, Italian Job, the movie, the game. Oh. You know, just like all these like <laughs> bad licensed or, you know, junk titles. And mm-hmm. they all came to the DS because the DS was selling so much software. Right. That just that was the platform to be on. Let me pitch you something, Mark. Okay. The Italian job, but all the characters are Mario characters. <laughs> uh, are we talking a movie or a game? I don't care. <laughs> I don't, think, I don't on, think it matters. I'm on board either way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then on Friday, of course, the big release for the week is uh-huh. Metroid Samus Returns. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, so that's for the 3DS. We're very excited about that. But it's also a pretty big day for uh, the Switch as well because NBA 2K18 is releasing on the Switch. And it's just nice to see sports games being supported Yeah, on Nintendo hardware. Um, are you planning to support the games that are supporting the hardware? Um, Will I, you be picking up N- NBA 2K18? I don't question. think I'm going to because I'm not much of a sports sims guy. Mm-hmm. But on uh, when we get into news, we can talk about a game that I might just be picking up because I want further support from that publisher down the line. Mm, a Spoiler tease. alert! <laughs> a tease. Oh, I was just about to ruin it, but we'll no, let no, it. No, we'll no, let no. it ride as a tease. It's only noir. But yeah. tease. <laughs> uh, also coming out on Friday are those amiibo, which I'm almost as excited about. Uh, it's the Metroid amiibo. Um, a Mubu. A Mubu. <laughs> a Moby. A Moby. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Who can remember how you say that wrong? Mark, uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on to the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, we're going to talk about earworms. Yep. Songs that get (laughs) stuck in your head. Yes. And it, it could be any song. That's that's the problem with earworms. Uh, do you find it better when the earworm that has burrowed into your skull uh, is a song that everyone knows, or do you prefer it when it's like a song that is just it? You know, it's a it's an album cut that like other people aren't gonna know. I think the most fun ones mm-hmm. are songs that uh, like people of a certain age would remember when brought up but generally don't think about on a day-to-day basis for instance yeah please i I remember one day waking up and you know how sometimes you wake up and you just have songs stuck in your head absolutely whatever reason maybe it was in the dream that you had or something like that and it was two princes by the spin doctors sure and then i you know i was telling people i have the song stuck in my head because i have boring conversations with people so I was like, oh, the song stuck in my head. Wait, hold on, because we're recording that conversation <laughs> right now. Yes. Okay. You're not recording that conversation. You're recording me recounting <laughs> I see. a boring conversation. <laughs> and Please rate and review on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you're like, oh, uh, two princes. And then people are, and then people respond by saying, 
Oh, right. I remember that song. Because, you know, they... Who thinks They're of that song polite. ever? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't want to be like, don't tell me about what <laughs> what's in your head right now. Um, moments ago, Mark, you were... Before we started recording... Um, oh, because we were selecting Burn as our... Um, as our guest weather, I got the Senior Burns uh, song from um, the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode of The Simpsons um, by Tito Puente <laughs> uh, in my head. That Senior Burns. Um, so now that is that's running around in my head, and I feel like I'm not going to have a way to exercise that. Well, do you like when you have a song stuck in your head that's just driving you crazy? Is there anything that you can that you do to try to get rid of it? Uh, well, so it depends. If it is a because it'll happen to me sometimes when, uh, like a a new when I'm new to a song that I get like obsessed with it, and that's why it's in my head, and that I can exercise by listening to it a lot, right? Um, and singing along with it and anything else. But if it's an old song, something like this Senior Burns song, which has got to be 23, 22 years old at this point. Um, insane, by the way. Uh, I, I have no idea how that's going to get out of my head now. I always, for uh, I must have heard this somewhere, but I always sing the Star Spangled Banner. Mm, okay. Cause it, to just to, to get it out, do you not then have the Star Spangled Banner in your head? No, because... I and maybe it's because I don't think the Star Spangled Banner is a very good song. Okay. Look, All I right. love America. No, no, I'm okay. not, yeah. Don't, I mean, you would better throw that down. Yeah. Don't get mad at me. I just think the Star Spangled Banner is not a very fun anthem. So, and, any any complaints to Nintendo Cartridge Society <laughs> at gmail.com. Gmail.com. I uh, yeah. I I think I like the idea of having a like a reset button that is uh, a song that you can sing right away and not have like any kind of that it's not going to burrow itself in your head um and i guess that's a pr- that's a pretty good that's a pretty good candidate for that i i would band. i would try it out next time you have an earworm okay. see how it goes for you uh isn't it annoying when you really love a song and so you listen to it a bunch and then you either like start hating it or you just completely forget about it Wait, you listen to it a bunch and then you just forget about it? Yeah, so you have like a new song mm-hmm. like that you have discovered and so you're like really into it, you're listening to it a bunch. Yeah. And then after a while you're just kind of like, I don't know, for me sometimes I just subconsciously I guess I'm like I don't really like this song. Yeah, what well, yeah, I mean I I get uh like turning on a song after a while. They're like, "I love this song." You listen to it over and over again and then you're like no, I guess I don't need that song in my life anymore. I've never had the experience of listening to a song so much that I forgot it. That that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I don't mean like... Like, I've never eaten so much that I've been hungry. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't... I mean, I mean, like, forgot it in the sense that it doesn't become part of your, like, repertoire of, like... Or, like, list of, like, this is a favorite song. Mm-hmm. Even though you listen to it, like, 25 times in a row or something. See, And I, then you're just, like never go back to it ever again sure i i feel like um something like this senior burn song can sort of fall into that category because it's like it's not music that you can listen to it's not like socially acceptable to just like put on senior burns even right? though we both owned we were talking about but, this yeah, both yeah. owned the simpsons cds <laughs> right not socially acceptable you and i are not socially acceptable people but like um i uh when i was a kid used to sing to myself uh, well, my parents would take us skiing, right? Um, and I would sing to myself while, while skiing. And always, 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 I would sing, alternately, the DuckTales theme song. Oh, and I guess we'll never know. I will never know. One. We'll never know what the other one was. Uh, we were accompanied today by the, by the GVSU New Music Ensemble with guest violinist Todd Reynolds. Mark, let's get into the news. So we've been talking a lot about SNES Classic Edition pre-orders. Boy, have we. <laughs> How d- difficult they've been to get once you've gotten them. Sometimes they get canceled or what have you. People are very worried that mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to get an SS- SNES Classic. And I can't really blame anybody because there is precedent for it being a nightmare to get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
without specifically coming out and saying how many they're shipping or anything like that, Nintendo, I feel like, is trying to do a better job of... Basically, it seems like they're setting themselves up either to succeed greatly and have enough SNES classics for uh, people who want them, Mm -hmm. or they're really setting themselves up for failure because they seem to be talking up the idea Mm -hmm. that SNES classics are going to be much more prevalent and available than the NES classic ever was. Right. The company line at this point appears to be trust us. Yes. Which is really hard to do. So uh, Reggie Filame, Fizame was at the Varieties Entertainment and Technology Summit in LA, and he was giving some interviews with different outlets. And one of them was the Financial Times. And in it, he basically tells them, uh, he tells consumers, don't buy from scalpers. Like, don't buy them on auction sites. You will not need to. Right. Saying there is no need to spend more than seventy nine ninety nine on this thing, which seems to imply that they will be readily available. Well, maybe readily available is not right, but right. they will be more available. I would say eventually available, <laughs> right? Because I don't even think he's necessarily promising that like they will well, on all day be, one. On day one, yeah, yeah, and they have said previously that they intend to stock it through the year, so. The year, it's such a narrow window. It's three months of stocking this thing. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I totally understand why people feel like they're never going to be able to get one. Mm -hmm. Because Nintendo has not in any capacity proven that uh, it's really hard to trust them, right? When it comes to something like this. And that's what they're asking consumers Mm -hmm. to do, is trust that they are going to stock this thing appropriately. We uh, will see. I, I, I trust it will be better than the NES Classic, but that's not, that's not hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also talked about Switch scarcity and reiterated what we had heard previously, which is that they are working to improve capacity. They expect capacity to be better in the holidays, but that there's not just like one choke point. It's not just one thing that is mm-hmm. uh, stopping the Switch from being produced on a more massive scale it's like a uh, a number of different things component shortages is one of those things um and so it, it will take a lot of things getting better for switch capa- uh production to hit like a point where our switch cup runneth over uh but someday our switch cup will in fact runneth over and we will all toast to the <laughs> nintendo gods god tendos nin- <laughs> nintendo deities How's that? Yeah, sure. Okay, thanks. Um, but like we've said before, it seems anecdotally like Switch availability is much better now mm-hmm. than it had been. It, it, now it seems like if you do, at least in the LA area, even just a moderate amount of searching, you would be able to find one pretty mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, that's been my experience. Not that I've been looking to buy one, but yeah, I, I see them places. He also talked about the possibility of future partnerships to create movies and television shows with Nintendo IP. Yeah, and then he joked a little bit about the uh, Mario movie from the 90s having w- one of the worst uh, Rotten Tomato scores. <laughs> so they've got a sense of humor about it. And then he also commented on the state of VR, saying that Nintendo had, had yet to find a VR experience that VR experiences that were, quote, truly fun, which I completely agree with. Mm-hmm. My experience with VR is, like, f- fun in a tech demo sense, but... Right, but not... That that's falsely fun. Yes, <laughs> Reggie's saying truly fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, he did pivot to augmented reality, saying, "Quote potential for AR is here and now." Uh, I think he's just saying that on the heels of uh, Pokemon Go making them uh, a ton of money, or making the Pokemon company a ton of money. I definitely think that's part of it, uh, but I think in general, AR is about to have a really, or augmented reality is about to have a really big moment. Um, Apple is releasing with their new operating system for phones and tablets a augmented reality kit for developers to create augmented reality experiences on iOS devices which are everywhere right and you can't really say that for VR right nobody can just pull a VR machine out of their pocket they don't carry it with it carry it with them 24/7 yeah but augmented reality 
that will be true right when that, that is, shows that is, up on apple devices it's possible on devices that are everywhere i mean your three or three ds's can do it you know um the uh switch cannot though no cameras on that guy right right so bizarre announcement kind of there were there were some like weird rumors of this do you remember this uh well, let's get, let's get to the announcement. Okay, then, right, right. So the announcement is that Rockstar announced that L.A. Noir is coming to the Switch mm-hmm. in addition to the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, it comes out on November 14th. Mm-hmm. And so L.A. Noir was released in 2011 right. on the PS3 and Xbox 360 to, I would say, polite reception, but... Not like golf applause. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it was released to some fanfare. I remember the lead up to the release of L.A. Noir. People were very excited about this game, um, because it has like it does interesting things with performance capture and like actually puts like you know the uh, filmed like performance of an actor's face on top of a uh, CG model, right? Right. So that, that's yeah. that, that's what its big like thing was was hyper realistic. Uh, facial animations because they worked with like actors and uh, really close motion capture and then incorporated that into the game. And but uh, did anybody think the game itself was fun? Well, so that that's that's what I'm saying is that like uh, it was uh, th- there was a lot of hype leading up to it, but there wasn't a lot of like once it came out, I you know it uh, reviewed generally well but not in a way that people were like actually enthusiastic about it, right? And people were like, this game's you know, t- technically very interesting, but like I don't I, I don't know. I didn't actually play LA Noir, did you? No, cuz it didn't look very <laughs> it doesn't look very fun. Sure. It does not look like a fun game. Right. And so this seems like what a compl- so when the when there were rumors, uh I think even before the Switch was formally announced, that um, there was a LA Noir port for NX coming. I like it. Sounds crazy enough that it had to have been true, right? Right. Like, why would? Why is that something that people would be? Why? Why would someone make that up? Have you seen uh, in the last like week or so um, that people have been circulating like fake box art for like a Super Mario All Stars two? That would have Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy 1 and 2 oh, on Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Um, that's, so, that's ridiculous. It's not something that's coming down the pipe. But, like, I can see why people would lie about that. You know, right. Like, that's a compelling fantasy. L.A. Noir on Switch? Not as compelling a fantasy. <laughs> but, and yet, that fantasy is reality. Mm-hmm. So, um, what does the Switch version give you? It gives you the complete game... From 2011. Including all downloadable content. Right. Uh, and then it has, like, some switch enhancements, like, t- some touchscreen controls for when you're playing in portable mode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, a gyroscope and pointer control uh, mode. Cool. There, uh, it supports, like, HD rumble. There's some different camera uh, angles and abilities that are new to this version of the game. But basically, it is a... Uh, like port from last gen yeah like a like a, a game of the year version of it but yeah still, yeah yeah and then uh the ps4 and xbox one versions are getting like up graphics and all that kind of stuff um and the switch version is going to be ten dollars more than the xbox one and ps4 versions mm-hmm. it's going to be 49.99 versus the 39.99 that uh sony and microsoft owners are going to pay um and that's we are we're still chalking that up to that the carts are more expensive than discs yeah from what i understand and i don't have any like insider information on this but just what other people who would know have talked about the 32 gig carts by getting a getting the 32 gig carts from nintendo like licensing them from nintendo Mm -hmm. is ridiculously expensive so I think that's why we're seeing that like $10 price difference or you're seeing things like NBA 2K18 where they're putting it on a 16 or like however yeah, I think it's 16 one of the little gig, carts one of the little carts that you have to download the rest of it. Um we're seeing that with uh 
Resident Evil Revelations when that Mm -hmm. comes out. So, uh, it is worth noting that the game is, or at the very least, was a big game when it was released. It was on three discs on uh, Xbox when it first came out. Three discs on Xbox 360, (laughs) Mark. We're not talking about Final Fantasy VII on, (laughs) on the original PlayStation. That's three discs, sure. So this is also the mystery port that we were uh that we had discussed a few weeks back from Studio Virtuous. Mm-hmm. We saw that they were working on a AAA a port of a AAA game. We now know that it was LA, LA Noir. I don't know. I guess in general I'm super underwhelmed by this. But this is what you're saying is the uh port that you may <sighs> be purchasing I guess just so. to send the signal. Because I'm a big dummy. You're a big yeah, that's dummy. The dummy I'm, or that's the signal I'm trying to send. Uh yeah, what a strange strange game for Rockstar to pick. Well, and I get it. Like do a port on the P like part of me is like glad that it's coming, mm-hmm. right? Because um I like seeing I guess in this case, some sort of parody between, you know, the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, And I would like to encourage other developers to do that. But it it, it does, like, it does beg the question of, like, if a better version of this game is available on other platforms for for $10 cheaper, like, is it going to be, especially for a game like this, is this the kind of game that you're like, oh, it's going to be so much more convenient to play that portably than on my tv you know like that that's i I don't think that side of the equation is gonna win on this one i i think the other thing is that uh i don't think that like any future rockstar releases like red dead redemption 2 yeah or the inevitable uh gta 6 yeah or like bull or like whatever i don't like the the version of la noir that we're getting is the 2011 version. Right. You know, so it's not like this shows any willingness on Rockstar's part to put new games or even ability to put new games onto the Switch. Right. Well. (laughs) So, I don't know. But again, I'm a big dummy, so. So, Mark's definitely going to buy it. We'll have a review (laughs) discussion up in two months. Yeah. Uh, All right. Now, let's turn to Patrick's Patch Note Corner. Okay. There were a handful of new patches that were released this week for games or accessories that I'm interested in, thus uh, necessitating a Patrick's Patch Note Corner. It's a new segment, and I get angry at the beginning of it. Uh, Version 3.0 of ARMS, which uh, contains Lola Pop and her candy-themed sage, is coming soon, uh, but it will also provide players the ability to map controls to any button they choose. Um, which is lacking in the game at present. Um, if you're playing with, uh, you know, the the controller with Joy Cons, there are I can't even remember what it is now. Uh, it's uh, pushing in the Joy Con sticks to guard, um, which is just totally unintuitive. We'll be able to change that now. Um, also, Eight Bitdo has released a patch that addresses some of their controller lag issues when paired with Switch um, firmware version four point zero one. It's available on support.8bitdo.com. Um, that's one of the things that prevented me from using my uh, NES Pro 30 controller, which I liked a lot. But, you know, um, if it's not, you can't play Sonic Mania if uh, you're going too slow. Um, and then Overcooked version 1.0.1 is out now, which addresses some of the frame rate issues. Uh, so all of those games and accessories are a little bit better now. Or will be when the arms thing comes out. <laughs> uh, Tom Tomazowski? You that, bet. Uh, from Crunching Koalas, the developer of Lichtspear, Lichtspear on Switch, suggested during a Reddit AMA that Nintendo is working towards developing an achievement system similar to Microsoft or Sony. When pressed for details, he responded, quote, Oops, move along, nothing to see here. P.S., but seriously, I have a really strong feeling they hinted it a few times. Uh, it's a weird quote, right? <laughs> that, like, someone caught him saying, like, hey, are you confirming that they're, that Nintendo's working on this? And he's like, oh, no, 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 sorry, oops, never mind. Like, tries to, like, joke it away. Um, but then his, but seriously, is, 
I have a really strong feeling they hinted it a few times. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, are, are you interested? Do you care at all? Like, do you use trophies on the PS4 or achievements if you ever had an Xbox? Uh, I mean, I use them in that they are forced upon you. Yeah. Um, but oh, I, I, I do think they're interesting. Like, um, if I'm really into a game and I'm looking for more things to do in it, and some of the trophies are like, play the game in a different way to get this trophy, I'll, I'll go after those. But it's, it's been a long time since I did that. Um, one thing I liked about the Wii U ecosystem was a lot of the Nintendo games had those uh, dumb stamps that you could collect like in-game and then use in Miiverse on uh, Miiverse posts. And so like that was something kind of close to um, an achievement system on a Nintendo platform. And I liked that a lot. It's, you know, it's totally pointless and I never actually used them, but um, you know, I loved collecting all the, all the stickers and, Super Mario 3D World and Mario Kart. Um, and if there were more of those across all of the um, games on, on the system, I, I would be sort of into it. Yeah, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see if they are working on support, what it looks like, because I can't imagine that it's just going to be trophies and achievements redone. Oh, yeah. If it's, if it's, like a, if it's a copy-paste, like a, I, I'm not interested in that. I, I assume that you're, you're the same way. Yeah, I mean, I do think there's something fun and satisfying about having that like trophy pop up or that achievement yeah. pop up when you do something. I but and I but I feel like it falls on the developers to use trophies in appropriate or interesting ways. Mm -hmm. I don't really like when they are, you know, like they force force me to not force me to do, but like really like esoteric t things. Yeah. Um. Or when they're rewards for collect-a-thon things mm -hmm. you know i i uh, or any online trophies yes yeah exactly i wanted to win five matches in a row <laughs> it's never gonna happen it's never gonna happen um but yeah i would i am i'm curious to see what nintendo's version of achievements look like looks like uh I, it won't affect my experience either way yeah like uh, trophies have just become noise on the ps4 you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, they don't bother me that they're, they're like banner ads online. Yeah, sure. Where you just stop seeing them right. after a while. Right, you don't even know that they're there. I do, I like seeing what other people are playing, like, on my friends list, um, like, on Switch. Um, if I see, like, oh, I've got three friends online, like, I like to just go and see what people have been up to. And if I saw, like, oh, Mark just popped this, you know, this uh, trophy in Breath of the Wild or whatever, like, I could see that being fun. Totally. In, in an interview with Touch Arcade, Intelligent Systems, uh, Kohei Maeda, I don't even know. Maeda? Sure. Uh, was asked about the possibility of Advance Wars coming to mobile, and his answer, of course, tells us very little. <laughs> he says, it's not a 0% chance, but we would need to think about what would be the right idea and the right concept for bringing Advance Wars to mobile. Of course, that's stuff that we really have to think on. It would really give us a lot of encouragement and energy if we heard from the fans that they want it. So please keep asking for it and tell us what you'd like to see. So if you're an Advance Wars fan, talk to Intelligent Systems somehow. <laughs> uh, I would like to see more Advance Wars. Mm -hmm. And I can see how it would be a good fit for mobile. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I kind of wish that... I understand that Fire Emblem is like their moneymaker right now, but I kind of wish... Heroes. Fire Emblem Heroes, yeah. Or, or just like in general, Fire Emblem, oh, yeah, sure. or the, you know, like is paying all of Intelligent Systems' bills. Mm -hmm. But I would like to see Advance Wars have a comeback in some form. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, you do have to get them off the uh, the Fire Emblem teat, which they are suckling from. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's an apt metaphor. Mm -hmm. A disgustingly apt metaphor. Thank you. 3DS Chicken Wiggle has reportedly sold very poorly on that system. Mm -hmm. um, in a post on his blog, Jules Walsham, Watchem, mm -hmm. Watchem, Watchem. <laughs> We're not great at pronouncing. We're names. not good at names. The, every name this week is so difficult. Like looking at the spelling is overwhelming. Um, so. I, I'm not going to read his quote, but basically it was like they had released 
a, a previous game on the 3DS eShop called uh, Zeo Drifters, and the like chicken wiggle sales on day one were like 10% of Zero Drifter sales. And uh, at the end of 22 days, it's a it, chicken wiggle on the 3DS eShop has sold about a little bit more than half of what Zeo Drifter sold on its first day in North America. Yeah, he he details in that blog post that like uh it sold less on the second day and less on the third and so on. Um so yeah, his his conclusion is that the indie audience has left the 3DS. They are on the Switch now. Um which is a bummer because Chicken Wiggle uh was a totally decent game. We talked about it maybe two weeks ago or, or last week. Yeah, but you weren't like high on it. I wasn't super high on it, but one of my one of my points was that it's it's probably asking too much money for what it is and it's uh coming down in price uh in, in the next couple weeks here. So Yeah, I feel like there are three things working against Chicken Wiggle's success. Thing number one, the name. It's not a good name. Mark doesn't like Chicken Wiggle. <laughs> doesn't like the name Chicken Wiggle. Two, the price. $15. Yeah, that's too much. Is too much. And three, it's on the 3DS eShop, which, um, yeah, I can totally understand how the audience has moved on yeah, to one, Switch. And that, that third part is sort of um, the parts A and part the 3A and 3B. 3A being that uh, it was not very well publicized on the eShop. The thing's not the easiest uh, to navigate anyway, but usually if a new like high-profile game comes out, it gets kind of moved up the list and it's you encounter it almost accidentally. Um, and then the second thing being that people just aren't playing games on, on the 3DS anymore. I mean, I know I am not. Yeah. Like, Metroid will be the first time I've turned it on for, in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, ever wondered why Salmon Run isn't available all the time? Uh, so did everyone. Mm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in an interview with Rolling Stone, um, they were talking with a Nintendo developer, one of the few like Western uh, or people who come from the West. I don't know. How do you put this? A white person? Yeah, it's a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, working on game development in Japan. And so they were talking about him. They were talking to him about development in general. And he did some work on Splatoon 2 and uh, this idea of like, you know, Salmon Run not being available all the time came up. And to that, he said, I'm not allowed to speak on it because I'm not the game director. What I can say and what I think can be said is that there are lots of reasons. You have to trust us that, that if you could play Salmon Run online anytime, that would result in a worse experience for you and everybody. Yeah. And then he kind of goes on to... Um... Uh, talk a little bit more about like the curatorial nature of um, some aspects of Japanese culture that like when you go to a restaurant um, you don't like ask for substitutions or whatever that like the restaurant will give you an experience and then you have that experience and kind of likening uh, Nintendo's game development to that that they have an experience in mind and that the player has the experience Um I think both Mark and I saw a lot of negative reaction to this over the last week, right? Um, that uh, players, you know, get, in the, get it in their head that they're like, I bought this thing, it's mine, I should play all of it whenever I want. Um, but uh, I don't know, I, I like the the curation aspect of it. I don't know how, I mean, I, you've mentioned that like you don't love the uh, the limited um, like map rotation. Um, but the, I don't know. There's something that I really like about uh, knowing that I'm having a an experience that is similar to the other people who are playing it online at that at that moment. You know, I think for me, uh, especially with Salmon Run, I wish it was available more often because I enjoy playing it. Yeah. But I don't think that it's necessarily. An, I I can see how I would enjoy it less if it were always available. Sure. Does that make sense? Because it's like when Salmon Run is available now, I make an effort to play it yeah. when I can because I like it so much. If it was available all the time, I don't know that I would be coming back to Splatoon 2 as often as I am because I would know that I could just play it at any time. 
Yeah. Is that really does that make sense? Yeah, I so, mean I, I think I think the same like one thing that I think everyone can agree on is like we all like Splatfest, right? Splatfest is fun. The music is uh banging and it's like nighttime and you get to arbitrarily pick a side and trash talk another team and it's super fun. But the game does not always give you Splatfest. And if it did, then we would be like Splatfest is boring or it's just like another part of, you know what I mean? Um, so I think there is something to the like digital rarity of these things. One thing I do wish though, was that it was, is that they were, I don't know that it was like better communicated when, uh, salmon run was happening or was going to happen. Cause I, I know you can find, I think you can find the schedule like on Splatnet or something like that. Can you, I've looked before and I don't, and maybe you can find it in game in like a menu somewhere. I don't really. I don't know. I mm-hmm. like. Uh, there pro. There has to be some way somewhere that they're communicating it. But I don't feel like it's communicated well. Yeah. I wish even if you when you like ran up to the uh, storefront and it was in game and it was closed, that it would tell you when it was happening next, or that there was a sign sure. where you can pick up your bonuses, like anything like that. Um. I wish. So I don't mind that they're limiting it. I just wish that it was better communicated when I could play. Sure, it'd be nice if um if Salmon Run was available when you turned your Switch on, whether you planned to play uh, uh Splatoon two or not, that there would just be a little you know you would see like the little uh, logo, that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I lost my place. I was trying to find it. Pokemon Company CEO Tets. Oh no! <laughs> Sunakazu Ishihara, aka the guy behind the desk announcing a Pokemon game for the Switch during the E3 Spotlight presentation, originally told Nintendo that he thought the Switch was going to be a failure. In an interview with Bloomberg, he said, "Quote: I told Nintendo that Switch wouldn't be a success before it went on sale because I thought that in the age of smartphones." No one would carry a game console. It's obvious I was wrong. I came to realize the key of a su- the key to a successful game is quite simple. Software with absolute quality leads sales of hardware. Playing s- <clears throat> playing style can be flexible if the software is attractive enough. Currently, it's popular among early adopters. Blah 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 blah. I see more potential in Switch, uh, but one shouldn't overestimate its potential. So this is just a Pokemon CEO being kind of a grump, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like look at that. Like, what is it even? What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what do you, this thing is a mobile Nintendo <laughs> machine that gives you all the power you could want for a Pokemon game. <laughs> of course, it's gonna be popular. Of course, it's gonna be popular. Um, but I mean, I guess the previous. The Wii U was not popular, uh, so you know it's it's not that it's without precedent. I do think the kind of straight line between um, this guy saying it was it wasn't going to be popular to appearing in that E three video where he just like seems like kind of like haggard and dejected behind a desk, being like, "We're making a game for this thing." That's very funny to me. It is very funny. And finally, the promise of. Uh, big news rather than actual news. Mm. Nintendo announced a 45-minute Nintendo Direct happening this Wednesday, uh, the 14th. Uh, oh, no. Wait. Wait. Hold on. Today's 15, the 11th. 13th. 13th. That's right. The thir- uh, Wednesday the 13th at 3 p.m. Pacific time. The Direct promises to focus on 3DS and Switch releases for the remainder of 2017, including some new information about Super Mario Odyssey, uh, which is the only game they mentioned by name, and there's going to be no updates on mobile games. Good. Who needs them? Yeah. I mean, weird that uh, we've heard nothing about Animal Crossing for mobile, which we know is coming. Yeah, that's true. Or we thought we knew it was coming. Maybe <laughs> yeah. is not actually going to. I mean, it's it's a not 0% chance that it's Advance Wars. So, <laughs> But it's also exciting that there is that uh, there's an, another Direct. Yeah. It uh, will be interesting to see if they dole out any like release dates for games that we already know are coming and if there are any if they have any surprises in store for us um i love the way these things come out of nowhere right yeah that like they, there were kind of rumblings about it on sunday night and then like they announced it was going to happen on monday and he wednesday is the direct you know that's just the way the nintendo's like 
you, no news, no news, no news. We're going to tell you news. Here's the news. <laughs> well, it, it, it's uh, I like that we're getting directs at or presentations in general on a more like regular cadence mm-hmm. because we had the Nindies just last week or yeah. two weeks ago. And then we're, we'll have a direct and, you know, we may not get another one before the holidays, but maybe we will to see what's coming in early 2018. Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. Also, just because it's focused on stuff through the end of the year doesn't mean that we're not, we're not going to see anything for next year. That's true. Um, yeah, any, anything in particular you want to see in this? Uh, no, I, I'm interested. I feel like it's going to be a very busy holiday mm-hmm. for Nintendo, and I feel like I'm going to end up spending a lot of money this holiday. Yeah. So, <laughs> because, I don't know, just off the top of my head, I ha- I'm getting Odyssey. Uh, I'll probably end up buying Skyrim. Uh-huh. Um, I'll probably end up buying, like, Xenoblades. Right. I'm probably going to get uh, Rocket League. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are some, like, Stardew Valley has to be coming out at some point. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh and that's just five games off the top of my head. LA Noir. LA Noir six. And that's in November. So yeah, like yeah. I don't know. I just feel like uh it's a pretty packed holiday. Uh yeah, it, it definitely uh, yeah. It's a very packed holiday. Plus Super NES Classic Edition in like two weeks. Yeah. Mark, let's move out of the news. <laughs> That's going to do it for this news episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. You should come back and join us on Thursday, though, because Mark and I are going to have a conversation about the world of Metroid to prepare us for re-entering that world in Samus Returns on Friday. Um, But if you uh, like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Um, Share on Facebook or Twitter. All of that helps us a bunch. We are on Twitter at Nincart Society. The Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. And no surprises here, the email address, which you can write to us at any time with uh, your reactions to L.A. Noir coming to Switch, um, is Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can check out his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying it's okay to not like the uh, national, national anthem that much. That's okay. Mark, that's not bad. It's okay. Thanks for It's a creative podcast network.